Amen. Glory to God. Hey, let's jump into the word this morning. We've been starting a series called God with us. And, uh, and it, it's taken from Matthew. We're not going to read it just yet, but in Matthew chapter uh, one, but I want to, I read an, I saw an article this guy wrote in Discovery Magazine. He noted that in a study suggested there are 700, let me, let me put my glasses on so I can see this right, quintillion planets in the universe. Seven, what I don't even, I can't even begin to imagine what quintillion is. Um, but it goes on to say that a man by the name of, a, uh, he's an astrophysicist, his name is Eric Zacherson. Does that not blow your mind? 700 quintillion? Anyhow, he, he, he did a computer model and what that comes out to is a seven followed by 20 zeros. So if you've seen million, it's got six zeros. <laughs> okay, so we're talking about, and that's how many planets are, are in uh, our un what they suggest is in our universe, but in a galaxy like the Milky Way, which is our own galaxy, um, when they did a, a, a specific model, it showed that only a few uh, areas are considered consider habitable. They call those Goldilocks zones. And in those Goldilocks zones, the temperature has to be just right and there has to remain enough atmosphere to have liquid water before any life can, can exist in it. So in our galaxy, in the Milky Way, there is 8.8 .8 billion planets circling stars, circling like our sun, that are, fall within the Goldilocks zone. That could be inhabitable, what they think, to Earth. <coughs> so as earth. So what they're saying is, is scientists say our next step is to invent a telescope that will reach far enough and look at these planets to see whether there is life there or not. And then we say, okay, if there's life there, what are we going to do? What, what, what does it really change to us? What does it really matter to us? But you know, there's something inside of humanity that makes us want to connect with someone else. And that's what we would do if we, oh, there is, there's life over there, Rachel. So how do we connect with them? How do we communicate with them? And you know, I did a real quick Google search and I, I quit counting after a while. Do you know how many books, how many articles, how many blogs and vlogs and all these other things are out there that's labeled, we are not alone? You see, there's something inside of everyone who says, I don't want to feel alone. And we live on a planet of 7.9, you know, there's, there's a website, I found a lot of stuff. You know, there's a website you can go on and, and log on and, and, and just type out uh, world population. And, it, and the numbers run constantly. Deaths reported Births reported, deaths reported, births reported, and that number changed. We live on a planet of 7.9 billion people. 7.9 billion people, and there still remains a sense in us that we're alone. Yeah. 
And so what we do is we look to the sky and people start saying, we're not alone. There's someone out there. But what we don't understand is that if we understand Emmanuel, God with us, we never ever have to sense being alone. We never have to want, so it doesn't matter to me if there's life on another planet or not. It doesn't matter. Revelation, he says, praise ye all the heavens and all that's in them anyhow, so. <laughs> so it doesn't matter to me who's out there. What I need to remember is that I am never alone because God is with me. Go to Matthew chapter one, verse 23. Matthew chapter one, verse 23. It says, a virgin shall be with child and will bear a son and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is being interpreted God with us. And so last week we looked at God being the God on the mountains and we, it's easy to know when we're on a mountaintop and everything's good in the world and everything's right and the money's good and the kids are good and the family's good and I got the good parking spot at the mall. It's easy to say, well, God's with me. And then we saw that even when we go through valleys and even when we go through what seems to be difficult times, we can still know God is with us. But I'm here to tell you today, of all the 7.9 billion people on the planet, God is with you even when you're lonely. See, loneliness is something that, that everyone fights. Loneliness is something that everyone has. It, it, it's, it's weird how loneliness sets in on us and we forget that God is everywhere. And, and, and so let's look at the definition of loneliness real quick. Loneliness is an unpleasant, Emotional response to perceived isolation. Loneliness is an unpleasant emotional response when you think you're isolated. You say, well, wait a minute, I'm isolated, nobody knows me, nobody is around me in a world of 7.9 billion people. You're never alone. There's always someone to connect with. Well, I, I don't know how to connect with people. I don't know how to get into that. Now, see, that's something we can work on. But I want to tell you, and all those people, when you feel lonely, know that it's just a thought because God is always with you. And you need to replace the thought that no one cares about me, nobody loves me, nobody's looking out for me, I'm all by myself here. You need to replace that thought with I know Emmanuel. I know God is with me. I know that no matter how dark it gets and no matter how lonely I feel, I don't have any friends, I have God. I don't have anybody to turn to when I'm hurting, I still have God. I don't, but God can't put his arms around me, then you haven't gotten close enough. <laughs> but nobody can comfort me like God nobody can soothe me like God nobody can bring me out of depression like God nobody can bring me out of, of, of my isolation like God when I choose to remember that God is with me so uh, loneliness is an unpleasant emotion cool thing about emotions we can often control them yeah, amen to the perceived idea of isolation, which leads to being alone. Alone means this. It means single, solitary, without the presence of another. When I was thinking about this today, and I, I, 
I remember, you remember when you were a kid and you, somebody caught cooties? <laughs> you ever felt like that? You ever felt as the pain of being in a crowded room and still feel as isolated as a quarantine kid with cooties? It's the way we do sometimes because our mind tells us we're alone. We look at somebody, they never understand. They would never understand you. We, we have this idea that if we look at somebody on the outside and we look at what appears to be their perfect little life and we think they would never understand what I'm going through. They would never understand what I'm experiencing. They would never understand this. I'm all by myself. Folks, I'm here to tell you, when you look at everybody's outside packages, realize sometimes things are broken inside the package. Oh, come on. And you're not going through something isolated. Was it Peter, uh, uh, I left it. He said, don't think that you're going through some strange trial like no one else has ever went through this. But nobody's felt this. Nobody's understood this. Nobody's felt this pain. You're not alone. And a lot of times, the things that you have gone through in your life are just been what is needed so that you can find somebody else who struggled with the exact same thing you have. And the reason that thing didn't kill you is because God had a plan for you all along. God had an idea to set you in a room like this full of people who their outside packaging may look good, but they got some stuff going on on the inside too. And they feel just as lonely as you do. So how about we just get over the loneliness and realize we have a family. We have a group of people. I don't know if you ever heard of Kurt Cobain. If you haven't, I'm sure there's a few in here that may have. The lead singer of a... Nirvana, just before his suicide, had all the money he wanted, was going through the more fame during the time, totally changed the face of, of, of rock music. Everybody knew his name, everybody knew his wife's name, everybody knew his band. Kurt Cobain said this, somebody, anybody, God, help. Help me, please. I want to be accepted. I'm so tired of crying and dreaming. And one of the most famous rock musicians, just before he took his own life, he said, I'm just so tired of being alone. In a world full of adoring fans, he still felt alone. But why did he feel that? Why did he feel that? Because it's a perception that we build up in our, and I'm not going into the fact that of drug issues and all that stuff, but I'm talking, there is a time when we, we convince ourselves that nobody loves me, I'm stuck out here by myself, and I have everything that everyone else could have possible. If you looked at him from the outside, his package looked real good. See, what we, folks, here's the thing. Harvest, we deal with people all week long through Harvest House. You deal with people at your jobs, at your schools, who are probably feeling the very same thing Kurt Cobain felt. And they're crying, God, send me somebody. Well, guess what? He did. It was you. 
it was you. And you need to be God to them. And you need to tell them that, hey, listen, you're not alone because God is right here with you. God is sitting right in the middle. But I'm in such a mess. I'm in such, see, we either believe that we have an omnipresent God. We either believe that God is everywhere or we believe he's nowhere. Are you with me? And if he is really everywhere, that in the middle of your muck, in the middle of your mire, in the middle of the junk that somebody else doesn't want to touch you with because they're afraid it's going to get on you, we need to tell them God is right here in the middle of it with you. I've told you the story about my family walking out of Kroger one night and two prostitutes meet us at the, at the uh, front coming in. And the Holy Spirit says, they need me too. I said, of course they do. And so what do we do? We stop. And, and I couldn't help but get excited, Kathy, because I looked over and here's my son and here's my daughter holding the hands of these two young ladies who one of them just absolutely told us everything. She just laid it all out. And I'm like, oh, my kids don't need to hear some of this stuff of why she was where she was, trying to give me the excuse. I'm like, I don't care about your excuse. I don't care why you're there, you're here. So we're gonna deal with you while you're right here. And we had prayer for them right there because somebody had to tell them that God was with them. God's not with them, either God's omnipresent and he's everywhere or we, we can't say that anymore. So yeah, he's with them right where they're at. Whether they realize he's there or not, whether they've accepted his reality or not, Jay, he was there. When you were going through the worst things that you went through and everything, God never left you. He was right there with you, always gonna call you back, always bringing you around to know what God was gonna, and you sitting here today, no matter what you're going through, you're not alone. He is with you. He is an omnipresent, an all-knowing, Ooh, all-powerful, all-present God who's with you in the worst time, who's with you in the best time. He'll be with you when it's ugly and he'll be with you when it's pretty. He'll be with you no matter what you go through. God is with you and he is not trying to get away from you. Ooh. <clears throat> Sad part is, is not everybody accepts that. That's our job to tell him how good he is. Hebrews chapter 13. I'm trying to get to my stuff. Hebrews chapter 13. He says, don't be obsessed with money, but live content with what you have. For you always have God's presence. So we don't even have to be obsessed with the things that we have. She said, just, just chill out. Be happy where you're at. See, if everybody would have thought money settled everything, then Kurt Cobain would have been a different man. If money settled everything, many multiples of movie stars would have been okay. But I love what the scripture says here. He says, don't be obsessed with money. Be content with what you have. 
for you will always have God's presence. For hasn't he promised you, I will never leave you alone, never. I'll never leave you alone, never. And I will not loosen my grip on your life. I think King James says it something like, I'll never leave you or forsake you. But I like how the passion puts it there. He says, I will never leave you alone, never. And I will never loosen my grip on your life. Folks, you want to overcome loneliness this year is realize you are held firm in the grip of the master and he promises that he'll never leave you, he'll never forsake you, he will go with you to the very end of whatever struggle, whatever trial, whatever difficulty you're going through, your God is with you. So look at, look at verse six. Is that where we're at? Yeah. So we can say with great confidence, I know the Lord is for me and I will never be afraid of what people may do. Let's do it, you ready? On the count of three, just back that up, Bobby, please. This is what we're gonna say, with great confidence, okay? That means you're not gonna whisper this. You're not gonna... See, we have to start declaring this from down deep within the belly of who we are. On the count of three, you ready? This is all we're gonna say. I know the Lord is for me. I don't know if I can say that. I've just read your scripture that says he'll never leave you or forsake you. I just read your scripture that says he is with you. I just read you. So you can boldly and confidently say, but you don't know how bad my life is. You don't know how bad a mess I've made it. I'm telling you right now, that doesn't matter. You'll get it straightened out and we're gonna help you. You already heard what Jay said. We'll knock on your door. We'll send you mail. We'll text you. We'll call you. We'll send two or three people to your door. <laughs> One, you gotta know it. Today, your loneliness can end. Two, you never have to feel this way if you'll just realize what's inside you. Three, the Lord is for me. Come on, say it. The Lord is for me. Say it again like you mean it. Boldly, the Lord is for me. He's on your side, folks. He's got you held in the grip of his hands. Shoo! I feel so, I feel so alone sometimes. The night is quiet for me. I'd love to be able to sleep. I'm glad that everyone is gone now. I'll probably not rest. I have no need for all of this. Help me, Lord. That's the words of Elvis Presley. That's the words of Elvis Presley. Help me, Lord. Matthew 28, 20. Matthew 28, 20, I'm telling you folks, the world needs to know. That's why the song that Bob sang this morning is so important. Hope has come. Why has hope come? Because Christ 
has come. Oh, and we have the joy of sharing this gospel with a people that just need to hear it. It's not like Ted said, Pastor Ted said, it's not hard to get people to come to church. Our problem is we've handed them such a sour puss gospel and nobody wants a part of that. You look like you never smiled. That it's all gloom, doom, despair and doomsday and it's all falling apart and everything going to hell in a handbasket. Who wants a part of that? But we have what's called the good news. Not, let me tell you something. News is what's already happened. That's why they call it news. You watch news at night so you can see what happened. This is the good news. That means the good is already the good has already happened. The good has already come. The good is already here. It's good news. It's time to start sharing good news. Oh my goodness. Oh, Matthew 28, 20 out of the message. He says, then instruct them in the practice of all of I have commanded you. Look what he says. I will be with you as you do this. How often? Day after day, after day, right up until the end of the age. So when is God gonna quit being there for you? Day after day after, he, don't get, he doesn't get tired of helping you? You ever went through that? Oh God, I just don't wanna ask you to forgive me again. I keep doing it, I keep messing up, I keep blowing it. You're gonna get tired of me eventually. He says he won't. I can't go back there again. I've messed up too many times. Why? God's not tired of you yet. He's not given up on you yet. He's not ready to throw you out. He doesn't throw baby out with dirty bathwater. He keeps the baby, cleans it up in a new tub and says, let's try this again. But the thing about it is, he knows you're a baby. What do babies do? They get dirty. And what do parents do? We clean them up. Come on. He says, I will be with you day after day after day. God is not giving up on you. Don't you dare give up on yourself. Oh. <clears throat> and how long will he do it? Till the end of the world. Till the end of the age that we're living in. Matthew chapter one, verse 23 said, and a virgin will bear a son and we will call his name Emmanuel, which is interpreted God with us. So what does that tell me? Is you and I always have access to God. Amen. No matter how many times it seemed that God couldn't be found, how many times that I failed him miserably, the greatest I think we can take away from Christmas is Emmanuel. God is, I have access to God. When? I don't have to go through some big ritual. I don't have to sacrifice a bull or a goat. I don't have to sacrifice a dove. I just walk straight into his presence. This is why Hebrews says, and let us boldly approach the throne. You know why we can boldly approach the throne, Dave? Because we belong there. Mm. You can boldly approach God's throne because you belong there. And folks, there's nothing anybody can do about it. Oh, go if you will to Ephesians chapter one. Listen, Easter, Easter wrong season. 
Christmas is about good news. Easter is about good news. Oof. Ephesians chapter one, verse five, from the Passion Translation, we're gonna read to verse 11, you ready? It says, for it was always God's perfect plan to adopt us as his delightful children. It was always God's plan. You know why you're sitting right here right now? That's God's plan. (laughs) Through our union with Jesus, the anointed one, so that his tremendous love cascades over us, would glorify his grace. For by the same love he has for his beloved one, Jesus, he has for us. You understand what that's saying? That God loves you the same way that he loved Jesus. He loves you with as much love as he did the part of him that he sent to the earth to live out as his son. And this unfolding plan brings him great pleasure. And since we are now joined to Christ, we have been given the treasures of redemption by his blood, the total cancellation of our sins. There's where you stand right now with God. Total cancellation of your sins. All because of the cascading riches of his grace. Verse eight, this superabundant grace has already powerfully working in us, releasing within us all forms of wisdom and practical understanding. And though the revelation of the anointed one and through, sorry, the revelation of the anointed one, he unveiled his secret desires to us, the hidden mysteries of his long range plan. What were the mysteries of his long range plan? That you would never be alone. That he would be with you. Man, I don't don't know why anybody wouldn't accept this. So maybe we're not presenting them something that they want to accept. Why would you not want to accept that God is ever gonna be with you forever? He said this was his long range plan which he delighted to implement from the very beginning of time. King James says that we were chosen in him. Is that correct? From the foundation of the world. You know why Jesus is the lamb that was slain from the foundation of the world? Because we were chosen in him from the foundation. And we are chosen in him from the foundation of the world because Jesus is the lamb that was slain before the world. That'll blow your mind when you realize that Jesus was already considered the lamb that was slain before Adam ever sinned. Come on. (laughs) God had a plan all along and it was so you would never be alone. And because of God's unfailing purpose, this detailed plan will reign supreme through every period of time. I'm in verse 10 until the fulfillment of all the ages finally reaches its climax. And when God makes all things new in all of heaven and earth through Jesus Christ and through our, verse 11, through our union with Christ, we too have been claimed by God as his own inheritance. You've already been claimed. 
He's already chosen you. Why in the world will somebody not accept this? I don't know if God will choose me. We're not telling them the good news. They don't choose God because we haven't told them he's already chosen them. Come on. Let's try it over here. They don't choose God because we haven't told them that God's already chosen them. Thank you. Not that I'm looking for a clap, I care less. <laughs> but you, we have to realize we've presented a, a horrible, horrible gospel. Let me beat you, let me thump you, let me kill you, let me tell you everything's wrong with your life and get yourself straight. Before you ever come to God, you gotta make sure everything's in line. Mm -mm. He said, just come on. We'll get it cleaned up. Oh, Romans chapter. Let me just finish that. Before we were even born, he gave us, I'm still in verse 11 of Ephesians. Before we were ever born, he gave us our destiny that we would fulfill the plan of God who always accomplished every purpose and plan in his heart. Romans 8, we're almost done. Sometimes too much good news just chokes people out, babe. I walked a young lady who was going through horrible, horrible things in her life one day. And I walked her through this simple gospel, this good news. And when she got home, somebody in her family told her, you didn't get anything. It's not that easy. Let me tell you something. You know why it's so easy? It's cause Jesus did it all. He left nothing on the table for me to fulfill. He left nothing on the table for me to do this, do this. He said, no, here, I will become man. I will go to the cross. The whole purpose of Emmanuel was to get to the cross, to show us what we can be and who we are. But man, what did we do for the effort? We put him on a cross. Come on. Romans chapter eight, verse 14. If the spirit of God is leading you, then take comfort knowing you are his children. Well, I don't know if God's leading me or not. Well, he said he'd never leave you or forsake you. Said he'd go with you to the end of the age, so what does that tell you he is? He's always leading you. He said, you see, you have not received the spirit that returns you to slavery. So you have nothing to fear. The spirit you received adopts you and welcomes you into God's own family. And that's why we call out to him, Abba, Father as we would address a loving daddy. Oh, glory to God, folks. This is who you are. Verse 16, and through that prayer, through what prayer? Abba, Father. That's the prayer. That's it right there. Abba, Father. And he immediately turns his ear. And through that prayer, God's spirit confirms with our spirits that we are 
his children. And if we're God's children, that means we are his heirs along with the anointed set to inherit everything that is his. And if we share his sufferings, we know that we will ultimately share his glory. I read this story to you a few years ago and I came back to it. There was an entrepreneur in Japan and he realized his country had a great number of people who just fell alone, so he decided to do something. And so he would provide them with a fantasy family. It's actually called Rent-A-Family. And for the sum of $1,370.90, I believe it is, nope, $1,317.90, he will send three people to people's homes as surrogate family members. And he said that most of the time people just talk. But sometimes the surrogates were berated by people because they felt left alone by their family. Nobody ever told them, Emmanuel, God was with them. And so for $1,317, they would send them people to do what they want to. And it was called, now, how much does this work? He has a waiting list of over a year. Don't tell me people aren't struggling with loneliness. And during this season, it seems like it's more than ever. And there are people you know that needs to hear God is with them. That God loves them and that he claimed them. Mm. And the actors, they would play either children, grandchildren, daughters, in-laws, whatever. I want to leave you, we're going to leave one last scripture here in a moment. I want to leave you with what Mr. Uh, Inyo's statement of society. It's going to be on your screen. He said, there are lots of older people. And I believe that you could take out that word old. There are lots of people who feel sad because everyone is chasing money and no one is paying attention to the human spirit. What have we chased to cause others to feel alone? We were talking about our, 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 our friend who passed away. Sally sent me a text the other day and said she believes that he felt more love in the last couple months of his life than he had in years. He was hurting. And so what did you do? You took him in. We loved him. And we showed him, you're not alone. And I'll tell you right now, the moment he closed his eyes, he didn't go through it alone. He didn't face death alone. And neither will you. God is right there walking you through the most difficult time.
you are not alone. And it's our job to let the world know they're not alone. Hope has come. Galatians, and we're going to close right here. Galatians chapter 4. Out of the message, verse 5. Thus, we have been set free to experience our rightful heritage. And you can tell for sure that you are now fully adopted as his own children because God sent the spirit of his son into our lives to cry out, Papa, Father. Doesn't that privilege of intimate conversation with God make it plain that you are not a slave but a child? And if you are a child, you're also an heir with complete access to the inheritance. That is the promise of Matthew chapter one, verse 23, and a virgin will bear a son. And we will call his name Emmanuel, which means that God is with us. And if you're struggling with loneliness in here today, hear me, you're not alone. And if you want somebody to talk to, grab Jay. <laughs> you want somebody to talk to? Grab Thelma. You want somebody to talk to? Grab Elizabeth. Grab Sally. Grab Michael. You're not in this thing alone. And we will do everything in our power to let you know you're not alone. So don't go through it alone. You have a family. But more than that, you have a God. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for today. We thank you for the opportunity to stand before you.